0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Good morning again, everybody from Encounter Church in the Lawrenceville of Pennsylvania. How are you guys doing today? Good? Awesome. Well, if I have yet to meet you before, my name is Aaron Ashton. I'm the worship pastor here at Encounter, and uh, I'm just so grateful for all the faces that I'm seeing this morning, whether it's um, faces I've never met, faces I've known for a long time, and anything in between. Um, I think the the faces that I've known the longest are probably my parents that are sitting front and center, so I think so. Um, if anyone else has beaten that, and then I need to meet you. Um, anyway, so today I'm just excited to talk about... Uh, the series that we're in, Heroes and Villains. It's been a lot of fun because I love learning about characters in the Bible um, because it's really interesting to see the different ways that God used each character throughout Scripture, and, and how we can actually uh, really relate to these characters. It's crazy that every story that I read in the Bible, um, in some way I feel like God can speak to me, regardless of who it is, whether it's a man, a woman, young or old, anything in between. It's interesting to see how God can speak um, just through the stories throughout the Scriptures. And and so in the past couple of weeks we've, we've shared about some heroes in the faith, and also some people who we consider the villains of the faith who um, weren't necessarily those that did the right thing and how we can sort of live the opposite of that. Um, But today we're uh, going to be talking about one of the heroes of the faith again and Peter. So I love Peter. He's a very interesting guy. He's super passionate. He was actually a a fisherman back in the day. So he was kind of what you would picture like a blue collar worker today. So uh, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh can relate to that because that's sort of the city and the lifestyle that we are here. Um, You know, just kind of like that rugged blue collar mentality. So Back in the day, you know, fishermen—they were pretty, pretty rough people. They were rough around the edges. They were, um, you know, typically a little bit passionate. So this is this is how Peter is. He's just this really passionate, outspoken, um, intense dude. So he's a lot, it's a lot of fun to read about him. He he's he does some pretty interesting things, whether it's right or wrong. Um, but I find myself laughing at him a lot. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens with you today if you if you get a kick out of him. But um, the question that I had though is. If As I was reading about him, it, he kind of reminds me of the people that I would sometimes grow up with um, who they always kind of wanted to be sort of like the center of everything. They wanted to, um, it's like that person that I think of who, who always wanted to make everything about them. And as I was growing up, my friends and I, we had a term for this type of person, um, trademark Brian Regan, the comedian, but we call him the me monster, right? So really what that means is, um, everything that we're talking about ends up going back to, to me. So this is the me monster. And and a couple of things that I would maybe be talking about, like when I was younger um, – I'd be like, yeah, man, I'm talking to my friends about how I had this football game, and I was like, yeah, so I, I, was, I was receiver, and then I did this little pass thing, and then I got the touchdown, and I, get, I won the game for the team, and it was amazing, and it was so much fun, and then this guy's like, oh, really? Well, you won the game? Well, this is what I did. I was playing football, and I actually threw a pass 50 yards, and then I'm so fast that I ran, and I caught the ball that I passed to myself, and then I made the touchdown, and then I kicked the extra point to win the game, and I'm like, dude, now that's... First of all, that's not true, and second of all, this is my story. And then there's there's like, this happened to me way too many times, which is probably my fault. But in school, you know, you go in, and then throughout the whole class, you're like, oh shoot, I forgot this assignment that was due today. Um, and then the teachers like just doing their thing, and you're like, oh, I pray that, I hope that they don't remember this assignment. I hope they don't ask us to turn it in. Maybe they'll forget, and I'll get like an extra day on it. And then at the very end of the class, there's this kid who's like. Excuse me, Miss Patterson, but um, um, I think you forgot to tell us to hand in our papers, and, and I know it's like a 10-page assignment, but I was really having a good time, so I did like three essays, and they're all 15 pages each, so maybe we could all just hand those in now, and I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me, man? I didn't do this, but, and I almost got away with it, but then, like, the bell rings, and I'm like, oh, we're good to go, but then this kid is like, oh, I did my homework. I just want to make sure I get credit for it, <laughs> and then everyone else is all mad at this guy, so... I feel like this is kind of how Peter is in a way because, you know, throughout the stories that you read, regardless of what's happening, Peter always seems to find his way into the story. He always seems to find a way to um, sort of put his two cents in or he finds a way to kind of be the man or the guy that that Jesus will notice. And um, I know that that's probably not something that everyone can really relate to if you think about it just at at surface value. But but as I was reading, I really felt that... um, there were some ways in, in these stories that Peter, you know, he did connect with me. There are things that he did that that I did feel like you know I've done in my life as well. And uh, I feel like Peter's heart, honestly, he was it was pure. His heart was to, to you know, to do what was best for the people around him and stuff. But I think a lot of times he said or he did things without really understanding you know the full effect that would happen um, from his decision. So, so let's go ahead and just jump in. Uh, There's three different passages that we're going to look at today, three different stories of ways that that Peter interacted with Jesus. Um, So we're going to look at these three things and then see how we can personally, you know, see what what we can relate to in these stories. So um, the first passage that I wanted to look at is in Matthew. Uh, It's Matthew 14, and it's verses 27 through 32, if you like to follow along with your Bible. And uh, I like to read from the H, what is it, HCSB version, so... Um, it's pretty similar to, you know, NIV, NLT, and things like that. But um, if you're curious about what version, if you're pulling it up on your U version app, that's what I like to read through. But it'll also be on the screen for you if you don't um, want to pull out your phone. So um, just to preface this story, what's happening is that this is right after the famous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So um, after that happened, that amazing miracle story where there was, five loaves of bread and two fish that this boy gave to Jesus. He turned it into 5,000 and fed 5,000 people. And then after this happened, um, all the disciples were actually crossing the sea. And and Jesus was like, you guys go ahead without me. Um, I'll catch up because I don't know. He was probably signing autographs or something afterwards. Not really sure. But uh, so the disciples are on this boat. And in the middle of the night, there's a storm that takes place. And this is kind of where we're at. So then Jesus comes out in the middle of the night. On the water, which is terrifying to me, especially because they weren't super close with Jesus yet at that point. Um, but yeah, so that's where we that's where we pick up here in Matthew 14, 27. So it says immediately Jesus spoke to them as they were terrified because they thought he was a ghost. He said, Immediately immediately Jesus spoke to them, he said, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. I'm like, What? I bet you his, all the disciples were like, okay, there goes Peter, just old Peter, you know. What is he doing? And then Jesus says, come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So I see in this story, it's like, it's cool to see how Peter's like really bold in his faith. He's like, oh, if this is Jesus, then then if he commands me to come out, then maybe I can walk on water with him. And then Jesus, I don't know if Peter knew that Jesus was going to tell him to come out. I feel like if it were me, I'd be like, I'd be like just trying to be the man and be like, oh yeah, tell me to come out with you. And then he's like, come. And I'm like, I was kidding, <laughs> but uh, now Peter's like, all right, I'll do this, so so it's like the disciples are looking at him, like, um, they're probably, like, in astonishment, like, wow, Peter's walking on the water with him, and And, you know, Peter starts walking on the water and he's probably like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And he's probably shaking a little bit. And then he turns and he sees like the wind and the waves all around him because this is a crazy storm that's happening. And then he gets so terrified. He gets so scared and he loses sight of Jesus in that moment because he sees all the things around him. And and in that moment, he sinks. And and he probably just, you know, if you can picture that, like if you're in, in a wave pool even, that's the closest thing I've been to, but you can't get back up because the wind and the waves and the current is all around you. And he probably had no idea. Where he was. But then Jesus immediately grabs him and he picks him up out of the water. And and this is I think more of like um like a symbolic thing that I can relate to, but you know, I feel like in my life, whenever I'm pursuing Jesus, a lot of times there's a lot of things in the world that are throwing that are throwing themselves at you, a lot of distractions that are taking place. And um, you know, I think back even to one of the really a defining moment in my life where um, many of you may know about it already, but But um, several years ago, uh, I got arrested, and and I was sitting there chained to this pole in a cold room, and I was like, how on earth did I get here? It was just like this crazy thing in my head, and I was like, how am I supposed to get out of this? But in that moment, you know, things were thrown at me. I was distracted by things that the world had— and that's how i got there but but in that moment i cried out to jesus just to say like lord save me and and immediately i felt his presence whenever i called out to him so in that same way where peter was drowning whenever he felt like he had nothing that he could do jesus reached out to him because he cried out and and i wonder like have have you ever felt like you're drowning in your life have you ever felt like you know, maybe the chaos of life is just too much. Maybe maybe you're trying to balance family. You're trying to balance your work or, or your friends and all these things that life brings. And you feel like you don't have enough time. Like, you need 48 hours in your day, not 24. And you just have no idea, you know, how you can do this. And you just feel like you're drowning. You feel like you can't breathe because of all the things that are happening in your life. Or, or maybe you're in a situation that you're so deep into it. Like, you just don't know how to get out of it. And you're struggling trying to figure out what to do or... Or maybe, maybe if you flip the script a little bit, maybe, maybe you feel like you can't get out of the boat like Peter did. Maybe you feel like you want to pursue Jesus. Maybe you feel like you want to run toward Jesus, but but there's things that are holding you back. Like maybe it's fear. Like like maybe you're you're clinging too tightly to your finances. You have too much hope in the things that, and, and you want to control you know too much in your life. You want to control the money that you're making and the things that you have. Or maybe you put too much pressure on a, on a significant other or maybe your spouse, and, and you feel like you're putting too much hope in them when you need to be directing your hope toward Jesus. But But I just want to say to you today that whether it is that you're drowning in your life or whether it is that you need to step out and take a step of faith and walk and run toward Jesus, whether you're stuck in the boat or whether you're stuck in the ocean of life, Jesus is there for you and he really is just calling you to come toward him and i promise you that if you if you seek him if you call out to him if you walk toward him then as this says immediately he reached out his hand to peter he will reach out his hand to you immediately there really is no no point where where god may or may not it's that jesus will he will reach out his hand and he will grab you so i see that peter you know he's not perfect but he said yes to to Jesus' call to come out to him in the water to to walk on the water toward him, and even though you know he didn't do it perfectly, I think that Jesus he really saw his heart and he was really proud of him and he pulled him out of the waves so um my challenge for you in that in that is just to get out of the boat just to pursue him, to run toward Jesus today. so then the next story that I wanted to share with is in in the book of Luke. This is another example of um, of Jesus interacting with Peter. And in this moment, this is actually, it takes place at the um, the Last Supper. As I was picturing the Last Supper, I you know, I look at that classic picture that, uh, what is it, Da Vinci painted or whatever, where there's, like, all the disciples, and then Jesus is like, ooh, with a little halo over his head and stuff. And they're all, like, just, like, hanging out. I think they're, like, laying on each other and stuff. It's, like, this really beautiful picture, but... Um, that's, in my estimation, I'm just going to throw it out there, I don't think that that's how the Last Supper actually went, because as I was reading it, it's really funny to see that um, before this passage that I'm about to read, it says that all the disciples were like arguing over who is the best, so instead of them all just being like, oh, the Last Supper with Jesus, it's like they're all like arguing over who Jesus likes the most, and uh, I'm guessing like if it's just a, a room full of a of 12 just, like, rugged dudes that they're probably not being too nice about it. So they're probably, like, saying, oh, yeah, well, that one time you thought you were the man because you were walking on the water, but then you fell. And then they're all making fun of each other, and they're, like, you know, saying saying all these things about each other and trying to make sure that people know that I'm cooler than you, you know. So this is what's happening in this moment, and Jesus, (laughs) I feel like Jesus is just sitting there like, it's it's been a while, guys. I don't know why you're still arguing over this. It's like I've talked to you about this before, but I feel like sometimes Jesus just sits there and laughs at them. But um so this is this is where we're at. They're they're at this the last supper. And then um this is where we pick up here in Luke twenty two, verse thirty one. And he says, Simon, in case you aren't aware, Simon is Peter's original name. But Jesus actually started to call him Peter um, as a symbol just to, um, it it stands for rock. And there's a passage where Jesus says that on this rock, I'll build my church. That's when he starts calling him, him Peter. So when it says Simon, it's the same guy as Peter, just so you don't get really confused there. So it says, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthened your brothers. Lord, he told them, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I tell you, Peter, he said, the rooster will not crow today until you deny me three times that you know me. So again, you see Peter, he's like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to deny you. I'm going to I'm gonna go to, like, the death for you. And then Jesus is like, alright, Peter, simmer down a little bit because you're actually going to deny me three times. So Jesus predicts this and and then um, we fast forward a little bit. What happens from that moment till when G- when Peter actually does deny Jesus, but what happens is they're all in the garden and we got so many Jesus is praying. Um, you may have seen this like in movies or where you've read it, but Jesus is praying in the garden and he's distressed and then they come and they arrest Jesus and they take him away. And then this is where we pick back up in um, the same chapter, but in verse 54. So it says, they seized him referring to Jesus. They led him away and brought him to the, high priest's house then so meanwhile peter was following at a distance and they lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together and peter sat among them when a servant saw him sitting at the firelight he looked closely at him she said this man was with him too but he denied it woman i don't know him after a little while someone else saw him and said you're one of them too Man, I am not, Peter said. About an hour later, another kept insisting. This man was certainly with them. He is also a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. And then the Lord turned and he looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. I can't really imagine what Peter must have felt in that moment. I feel like, for me, it's like, I would never do that to Jesus. I would never betray him. All the people were doing was asking him if he knew Jesus, and he was just saying, I don't know him. But it sounds almost like like Peter was getting frustrated. He was getting angry. And I'm not sure what was going through his mind. Maybe he was scared. Maybe he thought that they would take him away too. I don't know, But but Peter for some reason, felt like he, he was ashamed or he felt like he was afraid to to relate or to, um, I guess, show that he was he was a follower of Jesus. And even though I think that I probably wouldn't do that, like, who, who am I kidding? Obviously, I'm a human too. And, and as I think about what I would do in situations like that, uh, I, I realize that I do that pretty often, unfortunately. And I think that a lot of us can really agree that, you know, sometimes in life, maybe it's, I feel like God is telling me to go, you know, just share his gospel with someone. Maybe there's a friend of mine who's distressed, or maybe someone who's struggling through something, and and they need to hear the hope of Jesus. But for some reason, sometimes I feel like I'm nervous, like they're going to think I'm a weirdo or something. But then I don't speak to them, then I don't talk to them about who Jesus is, or or sometimes... Even with me, I'm a worship leader, but sometimes I'll walk into a worship service, and I'm like, man, I was up real late watching Game 7 the other night, so I don't really think I can lift my hands to worship Jesus and just to show Him how much I love Him, and and I don't feel like I I like this song, because this is like, this was in the 90s, so I can't sing this song, so, like, things like that, But, but really... I don't know why I personally make decisions like that. Whenever Jesus, he was being, in this moment, whenever Peter was denying him, he was being beaten. He was being taken to be crucified, and all all that Peter was asked was, I think you know that guy. I think you know this man, and, and Peter couldn't say, yes, I do. Yes, I stand with him. Yes, I stand up for him. He denied him three times, and And the thing that I think would just completely rip my heart out is whenever he denied him that third time, the Bible says that Jesus looked right at him. And I think that's why it says that he wept bitterly because he knew, you know, he had given everything. Jesus had given everything for Peter, but but he couldn't even simply just say, yes, I know him, or yes, I serve him. So I feel like in these two stories, like, what can I learn from him? But the first is that Peter's bold face opened the door for the miraculous. Whenever he stepped out of that boat, whenever he ran toward Jesus. But then in this story, it's kind of, kind of the opposite where Jesus sort of just, or I mean, where Peter just kind of, like, I don't know, he just, he just lost it. He lost sight of what he was, of who he was serving. And And what I can learn from him there is that Peter's fear of man overcame his bold faith. So he went from being this man who walked on water. I know you think that Jesus was the only one that walked on water, but if you think about it, Peter did too, which is pretty cool for like two seconds. But so you go from Peter walking on water, this amazing story that happened where his faith gave him the ability just to walk on that water, and then the opposite where Jesus' fear of man overcame his faith. But I just want to close out with this last story in John, and I know that would be very depressing if I just ended there, but Jesus always has the best end of the story. He always has the last word. So in John chapter 21, on uh, verse 15 through 17, um, the disciples are all together. This is after Jesus rose from the grave, so they're all, I think they're all kind of still trying to figure out what the deal is here. They're like, wait, so Jesus was dead, but now he's not dead, but I don't understand this. This is really weird to me. But they're okay with it because it's Jesus. So they're all uh, spending time together, and then they're on the beach eating breakfast together. So uh, John 21, 15 says, When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus said, or I mean, yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? So Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. So feed my sheep, Jesus said. And man, whenever I sort of put those two stories together, I think that there's a reason, you know, that, the um the title of that portion of the scripture says that Jesus was like almost reinstating Peter. He was like redeeming Peter because you see Jesus or Peter denied Jesus three times just a little bit ago, just probably a couple days or even a couple weeks ago before this moment. Peter denied Jesus just simply saying that he didn't know him. But then Jesus he knew that. You know that he knew that because he saw Peter in that moment, but but here in the scripture in John, after Jesus went through that death, whenever he went through that brutal murder on the cross, he came back and he said to Peter, do you love me? And he gave him these three opportunities. He gave him three chances to almost just to like wipe away his slate. He gave him three different times. He said, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, I love you. And even though Peter felt distressed by that, I think Jesus knew what he was doing. I think he knew you know, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter that you denied me. I want to show you my grace. So my last point is that Peter's betrayal was no match for Jesus's grace. There's no match. And I think of this story where uh, last year, even whenever I was in, I was in Uganda on a missions trip, and I felt like I wasn't enough to be there. I wasn't good enough to be there. I didn't, I didn't, you know, fast for 40 days before I went. I didn't, you know, reading my Bible for like two hours a day before I was there. I didn't feel like I was worthy to be there. But it's interesting to see that that Jesus, you know, in that moment, whenever I was just struggling with that, I was thinking through that, and I felt like the Holy Spirit just sort of said to me in my heart, He said that I have called you to this, and you are worthy. I have made you worthy. And that really spoke to me a lot because I I think that... um, Almost the way that Peter must have felt you know he probably felt I can't serve Jesus anymore because I just denied him and you can see Jesus or Peter fled he didn't he wasn't even there to watch Jesus crucified he wasn't there um, to see the rest of what happened to Jesus because he was so ashamed of what he had done but Jesus just washed that all away in that moment and in the same way for me that he he, he spoke the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you are worthy. I have called you to this mission. I have called you to speak to those who have not heard about me. And and whenever I realized that, everything shifted. Everything changed. And I began to become more confident. I began to stand firm in the faith that I had. I began to you know, really understand and realize that Jesus did have what was best for me and that that I was able and that I had the power that I needed to share his love with other people. And also in that moment, I felt like, uh, he spoke to me and just said that he was proud of me and I think that that's not just for me today I feel like as I was preparing this message that this story uh, That guy reminded me of this story to share with you because I think that today that you might feel that way you might feel like man, I, I should have shared uh, I should have shared the gospel with this co-worker, but they don't work here anymore So now what am I going to do or or maybe you felt like uh, you You saw like a homeless man on the side of the road and you were like, "Ah, I got to get to my soccer game, so I'm not going to stop and give him any money or I'm not going to stop and have lunch with him or something. But it doesn't matter because we're not perfect. We're not always going to do everything perfectly. But I feel like today Jesus wants you to know that he is proud of you. He is like our Father in heaven who's looking down on his children, so proud of everything that you've done. Like you are here this morning at church, right? And he is proud of you for being here. He is proud of you for getting up on a Sunday morning when you could have just hit snooze a couple times and sleep in today. But he is proud of you for being here and pursuing him and for for seeking his face and for desiring to grow in a deeper relationship with him. So if you ever feel that you are not enough, if you ever feel that, that you haven't done enough for Jesus, he already did it all. So you don't have to but i know for a fact that he is he is proud of you you just look at his response to peter you know peter just man I, if my friend did that to me i would not be very Christ like in that situation i'd be like all right dude see ya i'm never talking to you again but jesus not only did he come and love him and talk to him but he gave him this opportunity just to be forgiven and and to to really destroy that that mindset that he wasn't good enough that he wasn't enough to share God's, Jesus' gospel. And if you look further in the scripture in Acts, once Jesus goes back off to heaven, Peter was an amazing man of God. He was an amazing minister after that. And he was a little bit shaky when Jesus was on the earth. You know, you could see times where he was, he was, you know, really passionate, but you can also see times where he wasn't, uh, where he failed. But the first church service that took place in Acts chapter 2 the, the Bible tells us that Peter preached a message and he told all the people in that area about Jesus and who he was. And 3,000 people got saved in that moment. 3,000 people. The first church service because of Peter. Because, you know, I like to think what would have happened if Peter stayed in that moment? What would have happened if he stayed with with that that sense of guilt and that sense of shame in his heart? What would have happened? I don't think that he would have had the confidence that he needed but because he did listen to Jesus, because Jesus did redeem him, because he did trust in his grace that it was enough for him, he was able to preach to to thousands of people and 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus and he became a missionary and he went all over that area and that region and he shared the gospel with hundreds and thousands of people. If it weren't for Peter... I don't know where we would be today, you know. If it weren't for him starting that that church, if it weren't for him stepping out in faith and and listening to the call of God and starting the church, like, would church even exist? I don't even know. But because Peter shook up that shame because Jesus forgave him, because he was confident in that, we can stand here today. So, the big idea, I don't know why I always do this at the end, but the big idea that I want you really to keep in mind and just to remember, if nothing else, today is that Jesus has faith in you. Jesus has faith in you today, just like he showed faith in Peter. Like I said, I don't think I would have the strength to show faith in someone that just that just blew me off, but Jesus had faith in him. He said, you know, in the first story, he said, come, and he got out of the boat. And in the second passage, we, P- Jesus knew that Peter would struggle. He knew that before he denied him, you know, he knew that Peter was going to be like, oh, no, man, I got you. I'm going to die for you. But Jesus knew that he was going to struggle. And, and and because of that, you know, the scripture in Luke 22, it says that Jesus would pray for him. He said, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you come or when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. So Jesus knew, I think, in that moment that he would have a struggle. But, but he prayed in confidence that Peter would bounce back. He prayed that he would come back stronger than before. And we can see that, that 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 happened. And then Jesus had faith in Peter that he would minister the gospel to those who needed it. So if if Jesus had faith in a man like Peter who was rugged, who was just a, a lowly fisherman, you know, if he had faith in someone like that 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 struggled, that someone that denied him blatantly, as Jesus was dying for him, if P, if Jesus had faith in someone like that, I'm pretty confident that today that that he can have faith in someone like me, or he could have faith in someone like you. And it's not even a question of whether or not he does; it's that he 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 really does have faith in you. It's just a matter of whether or not you will accept that this morning. So, uh, just one last picture that I I often think of when I think of God's grace and his his confidence in me. Whenever you picture god as our father and us as his child whenever you're young when you're a toddler you're learning how to walk and it's it's not like you're going to sit there and be like looking down at this child and being upset with them because they stumble You're not going to look down at your child and and yell at them because they fell over because they're learning how to take one step at a time. They're learning how to walk, and their legs might be a little shaky, and they might wobble a little bit, but each step they get a little bit stronger. Each time they fall, they learn a little bit more. Each time they stumble. They learn a little bit more. They get a little bit stronger, and they get a little bit more confidence. So that's us this morning. That is us walking step by step, just one step at a time. You don't have to to be like a, a sprinting toddler. That's not how it works. It's just baby steps, one step at a time. Whenever you pursue Jesus, whenever you grow in your faith, when you read the scriptures, when you start to pray a little bit harder, when you start to worship a little bit more, whenever you start to, to share the gospel a little bit more often, Whatever it is, it's one step at a time. And I think that we need to understand that. We need to be confident that God is proud of us. He is proud of that step that you're taking. He is proud of every baby step you take. And and he's not mad at you for when you stumble. He's not upset with you whenever you fall. He just wants to take your hand and bring you back up so you can continue. So how can we respond to this today? How can we respond to the way that Jesus Acted toward Peter in the way like what, what can we learn from Peter so for one I think that we need to receive the grace that Jesus has it's so difficult I think to wrap our brains around grace because we don't deserve it grace is a gift it is something that God gives us it's something that he has given us nothing that we have done on our own if you want to explore that a little bit more, um, the scripture Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. This is the grace of God. It is not anything that you've done today. But what you can do about it is just receive it. What you can do is just to thank God for it and to walk in that grace. And then we can boldly thank God for his grace and we can share his gift with those around the world. So for me, what that looks like, whenever I am worshiping Jesus, I just can't help but like lift my hands and just thank him and just surrender myself to him because of what he's done for me. If he did nothing else in my life but die on the cross for me, I think that would be enough. But it's crazy that even though he did that, he gave me everything on the cross. Not only did he do that, but he blesses me constantly every day. He's always speaking to me. He's always giving me the power that I need to, to live my life effectively or giving me the wisdom that I need through his word just to make the proper decisions in my life. I am just so grateful for who God is. And I think that that's why we need to be bold. That's why we need to thank him boldly. And that's why we need to share this grace, this story with everybody else that we know. I would be pretty mad at my friend if I didn't know about it and he never told me about it. Because how can you hide something so beautiful? How can you hide something so incredible and, and powerful? And this is me speaking to myself too today. I'm not I'm not perfect in that. I still get nervous at times when I'm sharing my faith with people. But, but the point is that as we take those steps of faith, as we take those baby steps... You know, Jesus will give you the confidence and the, and the strength you need to do it. So this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you have never experienced God's grace in its fullest, if you've never taken that step of faith just to ask God to, to enter your heart, to come into your life and to give you this grace, to, to receive this gift, I do want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning because it would break my heart if I didn't do that and you walked out of here without that. Um, so why don't we all just stand for a moment and let's all just close our eyes today and, and I want to ask you, with everyone's eyes closed, with everyone's heads bowed, if you feel like today that you want to receive the grace that Jesus has, the same grace that 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 forgave Peter for denying Jesus. The same grace that had stretched out arms on the cross who died for you a couple thousand years ago just to show you the love, the love and the mercy that that is accessible to you today. If you want to receive that grace today. And on the count of three, why don't you just just lift up your hand so that I can see it, so that I can pray with you, and we can pray together. One, two, three. If anyone in here wants to receive that today for the first time. Awesome. Then I also want to just ask, as you continue just to close your eyes and bow your heads, if anyone in this place wants to just take another step of faith, another step in their in their faith and just become a little bit more bold, become a little bit more grateful, a little bit more passionate about, about who Jesus is in their lives. And why don't you also just put your hand up in this moment right now if you want to receive that, if you want me to pray for you so that you can receive more boldness from Jesus today. Let's all just pray this prayer together. All is with one voice. Let's just as I as I say it, why don't you just say it out loud after me? Let's say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your sacrifice. I believe that you died for me two thousand years ago. I believe that you gave everything for me on a cross. I confess that on my own, I'm not enough. But because of what you have done, I am enough. Thank you for your love for me, Jesus. Amen.